0: Hi, my name's Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was produced on the unceded land of the Boonarung people the 3CR Melbourne. RIMPAC, the Rim of the Pacific exercise, is the world's largest international maritime warfare exercise. RIMPAC is held biennially during June and July of even numbered years from Honolulu, Hawaii, with the exception of this year, 2020, when it was held in August. Not even the pandemic could stop it. In 2018, 25 nations with 46 warships, 5 submarines, 17 land forces, more than 200 aircraft, and 25,000 personnel were part of the Rim of the Pacific exercise. It has been held in Hawaii every second year since 1971. There is a strong movement to stop RimPAC, even in lockdown. On today's show, we hear from some of the speakers from the Coa Futures, a demilitarized Pacific Future webinar, which was organised by the Cancel RIMPAC Coalition.
1: Um, Sainamasi so Joy, and thank you, everyone. It's an honour to be a part of this panel today. Um, we, we unfortunately, we did not have um, many any RIMPAC actions here in Guam. A few of us were able to participate in um, different talks and panels online, opposing RIMPAC. But our last, the last time we had our, a protest where we felt safe enough to have a public protest was in June, and that was for the desecration of ancestral remains um, resulting from military construction here in Guahan, which was um, not uh, transparent publicly and hasn't been transparent publicly. And, and part of the reason why we have not felt um, safe to have um, Protest publicly is uh, because of the growing risks of exposure due to increased military activities here. Um, just last week, the military carried out val- Valiant Shield exercises here in Wuhan and around the region. With over 11,000 military personnel, um, several armed force members were housed off base, which is uh, something we're we're deeply concerned about um, due to you know the the just how precarious our, our public health uh, system is here in Gua- Guahan and so um, earlier this year in May um, we had a, a serious issue with um, military military personnel breaking breaking our protocols and um, and uh, this this um, this uh, meant that uh, several of them were not staying isolated they were going they were uh, frequenting public public uh, establishments, restaurants, gas stations. And um, and an investigation took place, but the military still has not provided the findings to the public. Um, any of the results of that investigation have not been made uh, public. And so it's not just um, the increase of military activities that's an issue for us and the risk involved with that, but it's also the complete lack of transparency, both from our local government and the, um, and the military. And because of this, um, we've had this huge, we've had a huge spike. The second wave uh, has been quite devastating here. Um, every day, the test result numbers are, are quite high. We're, we're up to 33 deaths here in Guan. And, and, and a lot of people might hear these numbers and not think they're very high, but per capita for the size of our population and our island, these. And for this, and for the limitations of our, of our hospital and clinics here, these numbers are, are, are extremely, extremely uh, disturbing. And so um, we, yes, because of, because of these, because of these risks, we've been quite limited to the actions that, that we can participate in. We've, we've done a number of, of talks. Um, we've Right now, we've done a number, we're, we're in the midst of an election here as well. And so a lot of us are involved in various surveys, trying to engage with local leaders about some of the issues in terms of the desecration of our ancestors, the destruction of our, of our, of our freshwater lands and our natural resources. And of course, the continued, um, the continued um, military occupation and, and, and destruction that's taking place with the relocation of the Marines from Okinawa here, here to Guahan. And so, um, Amidst these the growing challenges, um, military construction um, has not stopped here. Um, the construction of the live fire training range complex and the marine base continued, and the risks just to lay them out include our, our freshwater lens, which uh, provides most of the fresh water for all the residents here in Guam. Um, the, the destruction of rare and unique species, um, our marine resources, cultural resources, and so much more, and. Um, This includes the destruction of over 1,200 acres of limestone forests, the firing of over 6 million ammunitions a year in these ranges over our freshwater source, Um, new water wells being constructed by the military, which are going to withdraw over 1 million gallons of water a day from our our water source, 10 newly listed species, um, including traditional medicines that are are really important for our people, to over um, close to 300 historic properties to be harmed, 63 of which are eligible for the National Registry of Historic Place- Places. And um, in our last protest in June, um, it, it became it was finally revealed that a total of 15 sites of uh, uh, military construction sites, um, 15 contained remains of our ancestors and 28 sites uh, contain historic remains. Um, 13 projects were complete and 11 uh, are still underway, 70 are still pending, but we were horrified to learn of this destruction and find out that our our ancestors' remains were put into paper bags and stored, and the public was not uh, made aware or called to comment until after the destruction had occurred. And then in August, the surface danger zone was uh, enacted uh, while firing ranges started to be... In operation, and again, the military didn't hold any public hearings or provide an, an environmental impact statement um, on the surface danger zone itself, which is going to which blocks access to important fishing grounds, forests, and the families, of course, to who, um, who access their lands that they were displaced from by the military after um, World War II. Um, and so those are just some of the, the things we're, we're dealing with here. In Mar- in March, we were burdened with um, thousands of sailors, or sorry, over a thousand sailors from the U.S. Theodore Roosevelt, um, thousands, and, and, and over a thousand of those sailors tested positive, and they were placed in, uh, in, in local hotels. And many of them, like I said, they broke uh, restrictions and started moving around and and that's the case that's still under investigation. We still don't have any any of the results from that investigation. And um, so, just uh, last week we had Valiant Shield, and this week there are several live fire uh, exercises that are taking place here in Guam and throughout the Marianas. So it's a constant. It's a constant presence. It's a constant attack on our way of life. It's a constant attack on our environment. On, and uh, and of course, uh, the desecration of our ancestors is something that we we cannot. Uh, allow and um we were very sad to learn we were greatly disappointed to also learn that last week a ninth circuit panel affirmed a federal judge's finding um and this is for the earth justice case for the northern marianas islands and the judge is finding that the u.s navy and the department of Defense properly assessed um, an environmental impact plan to move to move to relocate marines from okinawa to guam and um so it totally dismissed um, the dispute that military um, leaders neglected to issue a single environmental review of the connected actions of the full plan affecting Guam and the rest of, and the Northern Marianas together. And so unfortunately, very sadly, a Ninth Circuit panel just affirmed uh, Judgment Glotnia's ruling on that. So we also have to take a look at that and, and connect with with the groups in, North, in the Northern Marianas to identify next steps forward and we're really excited to connect with all of you as well to establish next steps forward um, to fight against RIMPAC and the continued violent oppressive presence of the US military in the Pacific Sainamasi.
2: hui hui te tangata o rohi me nā rohi o te to everyone I'm Valerie from um, the Cancel RIMPAC Coalition Aotearoa. Um, and I just wanna really mehe to you Monica for your quarter. That is is a lot to take in and you know to be honest it's really difficult to shift gears here because the situation is not is not what it is in Guahan. It's it is you know it's a very yeah it's it's the the Magnitude of threats and continual assaults on on you and your people is just almost inconceivable, really. Um, in terms of the issues of, of militarism, obviously, there's issues of colonization here are, yeah, myriad and and in many ways quite similar. But um, just turning to the to the issue of um, the Alterua campaign, um, our campaign started during our level four lockdown. Um, So that's the kind of the highest level of a COVID lockdown. Everyone was at home. No one was going anywhere except sort of essential services. Um, And we did manage to pull together pretty much all of the peace groups um, across the country, which was which was for us a a really good and important, I think, step in terms of working together and also to turning our gaze um, more towards the Pacific, more outwardly um, focused in terms of a regional perspective. So I think lots of us are really excited about making some greater connections across the Pacific. And I think that has, you know, I think that has come in way, starts and fits over many, many generations. Obviously there's been, you know, lots of um cross pollinization and um sharing of the peace movement ideals for for decades. And sometimes I guess that goes you know, across the Pacific that 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 comes and goes. Um, but I think also that our campaign in Aotearoa probably started with a fair degree of naivete um, amongst some of the participants about the ease with which we would um, get the New Zealand government to withdraw from RIMPAC. Um, I think there were some in the group who thought that it would be, we have a, a, a nominally left-wing government um, but one of the, the coalition partners in the government is a populist nationalist party. Um, and their person is the Minister of Defense, a former, um, special forces soldier for Bahrain, who is actually, um, the, our Minister of Defense. Um, and who is very gung-ho on the military, very gung-ho on increasing, um, relations with, um, the United States and Australia and doing a lot of expenditure on military. So I did not share that, um, I suppose that view that it would be easy to get New Zealand to withdraw. Um, and in fact, that, that turned out to be the case. Um, there was no movement um, from, from New Zealand. And I guess what I would say is that for us here, I think we've got a real challenge to figuring out um, how to kind of explode this idea about um, the international rules-based order and kind of international law, and that somehow that's what the U.S. military is doing in the Pacific. That's that's the rationale that the New Zealand Defence Force uses for participating in these kinds of activities, not just with the U.S. military, but uh, with the PRC, the public, the the um, People's Liberation Army of of China uh, New Zealand Defence Force does exercises with them in the Pacific as well um and with a range of forces throughout the Pacific um that international law idea is is very um prevalent in the discourse and um that's something we really need to to think more and talk more about how that can be i suppose disrupted um so i think some of the things that um that went well here is we we've we've done a, a campaign around Rimpact in certainly in 2018 um, and have tried in previous er, earlier iterations, but we did have a, a, a I think a degree of success in getting um, much wider public um, understanding of it and good media coverage, and we were obviously really lucky to have Emilani here because I think Emilani um, brings a degree of realness to the situation here. That otherwise people think, oh, that's military training. Um, it's not military, um, actually, deployment, and um, it's very difficult for people to see what the effects of that actually are on the environment or on sort of social issues in people's communities. So her voice was actually really important, um, and I think you know the, the the national radio here, which is the most um, heavily listened to sort of radio was someplace that Emilani was featured. She wrote an article that got a, a great deal of coverage. Um, and that was something that was quite successful. We did a, um, the World Beyond War and um, Peaceful Pacific Network. Uh, maybe Annette will talk about organized a webinar, um, which also I think was very successful in, in talking to people and educating people. So I think, again, for us, there's the issue of figuring out how to talk about military training um, as opposed to deployments or weapons purchases as a thing unto itself is a challenge for us. It's not something we've done a lot of here, um, but it's something we need to figure out a bit more where those arguments are and how we talk to those arguments a bit better. So that was um, some of the things that that did, I think, work really really well for us was that we did have really good coverage across the country. We had people pretty much in all of the major centers of Aotearoa um, really engaged, but um, I think the issue of COVID for us has meant a lot of political action going online and a lot of us struggling to figure out how we can safely pull people together and how we can safely mobilize people. And I think for us, one of the things that we really, needed to do a bit more of was to think about how we can connect with the climate movement, how mm-hmm. we can connect more, um, with the struggles for, um, for essentially indigenous sovereignty here. Um, there was, there is a huge amount of cross-pollinization around issues like Mongakia and Ihumata, which is a land struggle that's going on here, but there hasn't been that same kind of cross-fertilization, I think around issues of militarism, um, in terms of, of, that, that particular perspective. So I think that's that's a space for us to, to think more about um, going forward. So kia ora, everyone. Thanks heaps to the organisers and to all of you for your mahi. Really just so honoured to be a part of this crew.
0: You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're listening to Monika Flores and Valerie Morris, two of the speakers from a recent webinar, COA Futures, a Demilitarized Pacific Future. The webinar was presented by the Cancel RIMPAC Coalition. The coalition is working to stop the world's largest international maritime warfare exercise.
1: And I'm reminded, you know, Empire is definitely counting on our fatigue and fear. So these conversations about how to fortify our work and, and, uh, and to build community across the Pacific um, are just extremely invaluable and and appreciated. So thank you for creating this space and for everything you all do in your own communities. In terms of art, art, art has been very important. Uh, Independent Guahan just had a, a our first televised concert um, on, in July. So every year we do a concert, a free concert for the community, which focuses on decolonization and, and the independence movement here. And of course, because of the pandemic, we couldn't uh, have an outdoor concert this year. And so, we decided to use our funding um, for our educational campaign to ha- put take the concert to television. And we did. We bought we bought out some time on our local news television station, a few hours actually. We also streamed it live on all of our platforms, and it's and it's on YouTube. So I'll. Um, I'll I'm happy to share the link, but if anybody looks up Independent Gohan Songs of Freedom Concert, you'll find, um, and we've had thousands and thousands of views from all over the world. So it's been a phenomenal success for us to bring um, uh, some of our spoken word poets, our musicians, and, and uh, Keith Susuiko, a good friend of mine, did a lot of the visual art in that concert, um, but also bringing younger voices. It was a chance for, young, for younger generations to talk about elders, our Sina who've passed on, who have really um, you know, established a lot of the important work for decolonization and gave us a chance to honor them within the context of the concert. And so it's a, it's, for me, that concert is a, was a truly a gift our people, a celebration of a Chamorro genius, and I'm, we're so proud of it. I, 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 we're, it's such a beautiful, it's, it was such a beautiful event. So, artists is so important. I, we could do more. Lately, a lot of my artwork has been painting banners and protest signs, and and and, and not much else. But um, I just also wanted to reflect on a few things. A few other folks said I I really appreciated um, Val bringing up the connections of spaces. Um, we've, we've done some solidarity event, events here from Mauna and I actually got the chance to visit Ihumatau last uh, December my, myself. And so, I, I think that that's very valuable. I, we, in Pratela Texan, you know, even with Standing Rock, we're trying to um, help people here also make connections between those these sacred spaces that are at risk, and as well as our sacred spaces here. And as Kyle mentioned, this is a forced disconnection from space so we see that here in our own community people have to be reminded about the significance of a place like Latexan, significance of a place like Tailala, where the firing range is is being um built where where, where it's mostly cleared right now and so um the, these can sometimes our community our own community understands it more by even looking at places at, at, like mauna kea like standing rock and any and so it is very important, very critical, and also climate change, too. Uh, um, all of this environmental destruction, places like Guam and Hawaii and Jeju are already very susceptible to climate change, and we're all the more susceptible when these military actions just exacerbate all of the destruction that we're, we're already so vulnerable to, all those vulnerabilities. And so all of these things are, are really critical. And um, and again, just really appreciate Annette, also Annette's Um, call for this network and to make to to make more of these spaces online to build more community online it's it's, it is it does take a lot of creativity and so joy just you know all of your beautiful webinars for making art and everything we we i would love to see for all of us to do more of that not just in our own communities but also across the pacific like like this great conversation here so um thank you all so much for the opportunity to join you and 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 really looking forward to the work we're going to continue to do together to to bring true peace and, and genuine security to to the Pacific so sinamasi,
2: one thing i would say is that i mentioned before ihumata um here in aotearoa certainly the the peace movement and wider society i to some extent is really engaged um particularly on the political left around issues of decolonization um and that's a really exciting time um here. And there's some really interesting um, discussions and proposals and ideas and dreamings and imaginings of what kind of place Aotearoa could could be and could look like in the future. So I think that that is a dis- in some ways quite an internal, I guess, discussion specific to Aotearoa. But I, I'm certainly consciously aware that um, the struggle for sovereignty is a struggle that is a struggle that remains a very um, vibrant and live issue across the Pacific, um, and I, as I was to understand, at least, Molokia had some, I guess, role in reigniting the the um, struggle for Hawaiian um, independence, and in, in as well. So, like, lots of places in the Pacific still exist on the um, UN register for uh, decolonization, but um, places like Aotearoa, aren't on that register, but still need to be decolonized. Um, and I think, you know, for those of us who are Pākia, uh, for those of us who are we non Māori, um, figuring out, you know, what our relationship and our place is here, how do we work towards some, some level of um, equity and real justice is, is a huge, huge issue because the social issues here are, yeah, just, just tremendous deprivation, poverty, um land loss, all of those things that um yeah are just so are so very very visible here um in terms of the wider sh- struggle around uh, militarism um I think at the moment i for us is is turning towards um a couple of the sort of ways in which we can hold the state to account, so um using our official information act to extract some answers um, and to do a little bit more strategizing, I guess, longer term. And I think that would be something that um, I'd be interested in talking with you all a bit more about is how do we how do we create some kind of a calendar of things going on across the Pacific, um, ways in which we can support each other in a more ongoing um, way, how, how we can and I think for us in Altero, that's something that we need to think a bit more about. Annette, I was really excited by, you know, talking about the Independent um, and Peaceful Australia Network. Like we have a national peace networking um, organization, but it doesn't, it's not a democratic organization. It's not a member run organization. And maybe that's something that we could look at here that that kind of prioritizes um, some of those Pacific co as part of, um, part of that work. So keeping keeping the work going, I guess, is is like the core futures is maybe figuring out a way that we can keep that work going is part of what we would like to look to do here in in Alto is to keep the groups that have started to sort of find their their feet together and and to keep that going so we don't have to continually try to reinvent the stuff every time we go back. Um, and I guess one other thing that I would say is that. During the process of the the campaign, we made a video about, um, about RIMPAC. And I think one of the reasons why I made that video was because at the World Beyond War webinar, one of the first things that happened was there was a video that was shown. And the sounds of that video, the sounds of the ammunition, the sounds of war were so jarring and so... Um, they, they really hit me quite quite emotionally. And I think that for me, I often am very rational when I think about, about these issues and, and talk to people in ways perhaps that don't hit that emotional trigger very well. I found that those sounds and those um, noises were were really disturbing. And so we kind of made that video and based that around um, a lot of the noises. But in the process of making that video, we really struggled to find useful video footage of our resistance um and so maybe that's another thing that we can do is to build up some of the resources video resources um shared you know shared resources um to to use because we found some of the stuff you know that we would have liked to use but we didn't know who to ask about about using that kind of stuff so that would be really really helpful i do think that video stuff is really powerful um, in the way that it can communicate complex ideas very quickly um, and really engages a lot of people in ways um, that talking at them frequently doesn't. So I guess I would try to encourage us to do more of that kind of stuff.
0: We just heard from Monica Flores and Valerie Morris, two of the speakers from the recent webinar, COA Futures, A Demilitarised Pacific Future. You can find out more about Cancel RIMPAC at their Facebook page, Cancel RIMPAC, that's R-I-M-P-A-C. To show your support for their work and to stand up for a demilitarised Pacific, there's a petition you can sign at change.org. It's called For People, Land, Air, Sea, Stop RIMPAC Military Exercises. We'll post these links on our Facebook page and website. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced for 3CR with the support of Friends of the Earth's Ace Nuclear Free Collective on the lands on the Boon people. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.